0: Hey everybody, man! Welcome to um, this is uh, this is a new adventure for Michael and I, the uh, the two old truck captains who everybody said had faces that were made for radio, are now proven that true. <laughs> and and you know, fortunately, we have a guest who has a face that's made for radio too. So this is going to be a wonderful thing. Uh, Mike, how long have we been doing the radio show? It's been many moons, yeah?
1: Many moons. I think they yeah. went on I think they went live in 2016. I think I might be wrong. Yeah. But I think it was around then. So, yeah. you know, eight or nine years.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have been blessed to be able to be partnering with fire engineering for many years to do a radio broadcast that we have done every, I don't know, every four weeks, every five weeks, depending on the schedule. And now we're entering into a little bit of a new era where, uh, for better or worse for you folks, we're going to record this thing and you're going to see us live. And so we're really excited about it. And um, I want you to know nothing's going to change on our end. Um, when Mike and I agreed to do this, we had a pretty clear set of parameters that were important to us. And those are not going to change just because it's being videotaped and it's going out on social media and all this stuff. Uh, Our commitment to you is we are going to bring you who, in our opinion, are the brightest and the best in the fire service that are committed to the craft, that understand what we do, that dig what we do, and that have a message for you that can help add to your toolbox in some particular way. And the topics are going to continue to be all over, you know, from right down there in the streets, driving the rig to getting the fires, to laying lines and throwing ladders and saving people and all that stuff all the way to um, what's going on in the firehouse, mental health types of things, leadership, all of that. We're gonna bring you the best folks that we know and we're gonna let them talk and we're gonna let them tell their story and tell why what it is that they've done is so important to them. So the format is just gonna be recorded. What we do is not gonna change one little bit. And as always, I I have to say, I could not be writing this little journey of mine with a better partner than my brother at the top right there, Michael Dugan. So, Mike, you got a couple of things to say before we, we tell him who this cat is with all the uh, cool FDIC stuff behind him?
1: Yeah, um, I had to put a collared shirt on for the first time ever doing this show. <laughs> and um, I had to be in uh, – think about what I'm wearing. I am wearing my FDIC swag. Sorry, wrong side. Yep. Um, but I'm wearing my swag just to uh, represent – And uh, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a little different, but I think we're all used to Zoom because of the pandemic and all of the other stuff. So I don't think it's going to be that different. And you will be able to listen to it. You don't have to watch the video if you're doing your workout or anything else. Uh, Before we start today, I would like to uh, just ask all the brothers and sisters out there who are of the uh, praying type or those just to keep a good thought. Uh, We had a brother uh, murdered in Birmingham in the firehouse, and we lost a brother in Memphis um, yesterday, I think it was, or it might have been the night before, but uh, again, what we do is dangerous. We are here to help you, hopefully, better, get better at the craft and keep yourself and your brothers and sisters in your firehouse, your company, safer, and with that in mind, I see no better intro than to introduce our guest, David Rhodes
0: yeah um, you know there's not a there's not a better uh, first guess that we could have. Um, Michael, and I'll let you talk about this a little bit and then we're gonna let David pretty much take it from here. Um, it's hard for me to overstate the impact that fire engineering and FDIC has had on me professionally. And um, it does not certainly it does not supersede what I got from Seattle Fire Department because you know that was the transformational experience for me uh, professionally. But in support of what Seattle Fire was doing, fire engineering and what was going on at FDIC lit a fire under me because it allowed me to be exposed to men and women that were taking the craft into areas that I could have never imagined and talking about it in a way um, that wasn't necessarily being talked about where I was and in a different way. And um, Michael, I know I know fire engineering has had an enormous impact on you um, and it it's, an incredible transition time for both fire engineering and FDIC that we're under new leadership now. And we've, we've segued from one of all, all the three of us, you know, incredible friend and mentor and in, in chief Bobby Halton. And, you know, the, the accolades that have been talked about there are, you know, we could, we've got lots of shows we have done on that and could do on that. Um, but I want those of you that are listening to know um, Bobby was a very close friend of both Michael Dugan and mine, very close. We we talked to him on a very personal level. And I want you to know that in those personal conversations, um, he knew that that he was getting ready to pass the torch. And there pretty much isn't anybody in the, the nation that he could not have tapped if he wanted to, to take over fire engineering and FDIC and run that in tandem with Diane Rothschild. And in surveying the landscape, I want you to know that Bobby was very excited about the professional that he picked, again, one of our dear friends. And he assured us that David Rhodes was going to help fire engineering and FDIC step into the future in a bright and beautiful way, and he supported him 100%. So if you want to support Bobby's memory, number one, do the things that he did. You know, he loved the craft and he loved the people that did it. But you can also support the individual that he handpicked to be a successor. And Michael, you and I agreed. No better way to start off our our launch into, you know, Showtime with Face, stuff and every stuff, with our buddy, our friend, um, David Rhodes. So, David, man, welcome to the Mikey G and Mikey D Show, brother.
2: Mikey G, Mikey D, been doing it for almost a decade. Is that right? On the, on the podcast. Ooh.
0: No wonder my back hurts so much. Thanks. Yeah. And I have
2: to emphasize that you do not have to watch the video. You can just download the audio. It may, it it may make you nauseous to look at all three of us at the same time.
0: <laughs> well, buddy, um, you know, we normally read a bio, but we, we decided on this one, we were just kind of freelance that we're usually a little, yeah. little more scripted, but we're going to, this is three friends. Um, you know, um, we won't talk a lot about the content, but I can tell you that during COVID and everything else, uh, Michael and David and Bobby and I had a little tech stream going of just four friends just having a good time and talking about the things we loved and talking about the things that frustrated us. And I want you to know that that uh, that was a like a, a counseling session for me. It helped during all the uncertainty and the frustration and the anger and you know, quite candidly for people who teach the fear that we weren't going to be able to do the stuff that we wanted to do. So uh, we just thought we would have a conversation between three friends who love each other, uh, who respect each other, who respect you and what you do in the fire service. And you have a love for fire engineering and FDIC. And David, you're, you're the boss now. You're, you're, you're in charge. Um, why don't you just to, to warm us up? Why don't you tell everybody what it's kind of been like? To segue in to transition in what the first year's been like.
2: Um, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Uh, the first part from August to December wasn't um, near the whirlwind, but it was. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I had the 25 years of being a contractor and working on hot and all that and knowing the players. If I'd have walked in cold, it would have really been difficult, especially with the timing between when Bobby passed away in December to the show was only like four months. So um, that was crunch time because uh, typically you have a full year to get your thoughts together on what you're going to do for a keynote. Um, Luckily we had already picked the classes. So that part was done, but there's so much production um, work and back and forth with the stage group and the, uh, the video groups and all because, everybody on the team wants that opening ceremony to be memorable, yeah. motivational, uh emotional, and you don't just pull that off by coming out and winging it. Um you want it to look like you're winging it in a sense <laughs> that you want it to be very natural and all, but um but there's a lot of practice and a lot of time, uh months of time. That go into just those first two opening uh, ceremonies on uh, on Wednesday and, and Thursday, hours and hours of behind the scenes work. And a lot of people don't know, but there's like there's like thirty people on the crew. The lighting, the videos. You know, you got your guitars back there. It's it's, it's not unlike going to a concert. I mean, all the stage hands. Um, people running the electronics, the videos have to be timed out. There's music. Uh, it is a true production and, and it, uh, it shows in the quality of the, of the product that it gets put out. But, uh, Bobby had been talking to me about, uh, coming on full time after I retired, uh, for a few years. And then, uh, obviously we were right in the middle of COVID when I did retire and, uh, he brought, brought it back up and he said, now's the time. We're going to bring you in as a subject matter expert on the fire side. We we're bringing in a guy named Ted Lee as the subject matter expert on the EMS side. And the two of us were really the first people that Bobby had to help him. Uh, obviously Diane is taking care of the editing and, and getting the magazine out and, and, a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But as far as like direct reports to help him accomplish the things that he was doing, go look for new talent. We were the first uh really full-time people. Um uh, before that it was uh board members as you could get somebody to do something, um, uh in his personal travels and and he was really Excited about having a couple of people to to help him, and also to pass along and, and share, you know, the stuff. When I uh, when he asked me about it, I I really, man, I enjoyed that year and a half that I was retired, retired, even though I was still doing my consulting business, doing promotional tests and teaching. It was on my time. I could always be like, "Nah, I'm gonna play golf this week." And uh, and I enjoyed that because that was the first time since I was like 16 years old that I wasn't just grinding, grinding, grinding all the time. And then the whole time I was at the fire department, I had at least three or four jobs uh, in addition to to the fire department. And so I was like, you know, this is going to cramp my style. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this. I got a pretty decent pitching. You know, from from Atlanta, is one good, really good thing about our our department there is we have a good pension, and and so I was good. And then he said, he goes, "Yeah, but you're doing this, you're doing this. It's it's fire engineering, it's FDIC, and it's another opportunity for you to keep serving and 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 being a part of the fire service." And uh, several people that asked me when I retired, you know, um, you got to put in for a chief's job somewhere. And I was like, emphatically. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I will not work for another fire department in a full-time capacity. The best I'll do is be a consultant for yeah. them. because after 37 years, I mean you've had it with the bureaucracy and stuff. You still love every piece of a call and and a fire and the and the in the firehouse and all that, but you can only take so much of the of the bureaucracy for your own mental you know health. And and so uh I I had to think about it, but uh since it was him, since we were so close, I agreed to do it and uh you know, who who knew what would happen just a short, you know, few months, months later. So, uh, you know, I didn't get the cheat sheets. I didn't get the full lesson. I didn't get a lot of the stuff, which has gotten me in trouble. I've had, I've had a few calls. It's hey hey, uh, how come this, this, this? And I'm like... Uh, Bobby said this and I'm like, well, you know what? I actually, I wasn't with him 24 seven and I don't know what all he promised and (laughs) what also, you know, there's a little growing pain in in that area, but we, you know, we tried to honor everything we knew about and, uh, um, and, and do the best we can. And, and FDIC was just a, uh, incredible moment. My, my goals there for the, for the opening was to obviously honor Bobby but it couldn't all be an honor Bobby show because the audience wants some content. Uh They want a message. So I had to blend in a message. And at the same time, I'm brand new and I know us. And so like, whether it's a new PT instructor on the drill field, a new recruit instructor, all the veterans are standing over with their arms crossed. Like, you know, What's yeah. he going to say? Yeah. And, and so I had to establish Who's this myself. guy. Yeah, this I, had to, guy? <laughs> I had to honor Bobby, have a message and then establish myself as being in the position all at the same time in a short 20 minute span. And, uh, you know, I think it worked out good. I got a lot of good feedback about it. I enjoyed doing it. Um, it's a blur for sure because of that, like said, it was, it was nonstop from December 20th, uh, the morning after Bobby passed away until um, we got home and uh, from FDIC. I mean, I, I don't think of any time that it wasn't just wide open, weekends. Uh, it, it was crazy. And uh, I remember Eric, Eric Slett told me when uh, he was leaving, he goes, man, great job. He goes, I want you to get home. I didn't get home until that Sunday Show closed on Saturday and I, I had to stay over and do some stuff. Got home Sunday in late afternoon. He goes, Man, take Monday off. <laughs> he said, Just take Monday off, recoup, decompress, just, you know, enjoy it. And I was like, You know, that's going to be awesome because I, I hadn't really stopped right. and just had nothing to think about or anywhere to be. And so I got up that morning, you know, probably woke up about six 30 as you are little, little later than usual, but got up and I'm kind of chilling out. And then I hear my phone bling, and I like, look, and there's an email that says, uh, um, by the way, if you haven't turned this in, we got to have it by 10 30 this morning or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn it. So I get down here on the computer and I start doing whatever it was. And by the time I'm halfway through that bling, 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 we gotta have this by two. If you haven't, if you haven't booked this, you gotta book this. And I, I, was like, what the heck? So I just ended up working the whole day.
0: <laughs> just another manic Monday, right? You yes, know, <laughs> absolutely.
2: It, it it never stops. You always think, well, maybe next week, but it never does. But it's a it's good. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Don't mean to sell. It's not a complaint. It's uh, it's just reality. It's a it's a fun ride, but it it it's a lot. It's a lot more than I thought it was gonna be. I'll put it that way for sure. I don't know how the man did it, especially with, with all his ailments and, and, and stuff. I don't know how in the world he maintained that schedule, but on the other hand, that was what was keeping him going too.
0: Yeah, Amen, brother. Amen. Well, one of the, one of the things that come out in there, cause we didn't do a full bio that I, I'm sure most of you know, but I want you, I just want to reemphasize, uh, David's been heavily involved in FDIC for you know, 20, 25, 30 plus years prior to doing this, not only run the hot, but I can tell you he got on my radar early on, just as I gravitate to certain types of people. And I want to see the people that have a purity of vision that love what we do that are obviously
2: fun. it's mustaches.
0: Yeah. And yeah, mustaches. Cause I can't grow one. I can't pull. Stay one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just want you folks to know that, uh, not only is he respected in the streets from all the years in Atlanta and as a leader in Atlanta, even in some difficult situations, stood as a leader, been heavily involved in the smoke diver program, you know, running the thing, you know, for however many years now, David, um, an emissary for uh, UL and a respected member of that board and on the, the emeritus board for UL um, with, uh, with Mike and I on the firefighter air coalition board. Now um, I could give you a lot of bio Um, I want you to know that you are looking at a firefighter who has been burdened with chiefs bugles, (laughs) but he did it to lead and somebody who has walked the walk and talked the talk. And that's why I think Bobby picked him and why you're going to see fire engineering and FDIC get a real shot in the arm from the street level up. There's gonna be a shot in the arm that you're gonna see. And it's gonna it's gonna combine very well with what has been done by Chief Brennan and by Bill Manning and by Bobby before and Diane. Um and so David, we're really excited about it. We're 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 excited to have you at the helm, brother. And I remember Bobby asking about a few different people to run the run the thing. And I know we've I, I know Michael said the same, couldn't think of anybody who was more qualified or would do a better job. So we're looking forward to it. Michael?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Lee, and um, you know, we're just getting some feelers out for our audience here. So this one is something for me. I mean, talk about what FDIC and fire engineering means to you personally, because Michael and I—I I mean, through being on the road and everything else—that's how we met. That's how right. we became friends and everything else. So talk about this to our um, listeners about what it means to you.
2: So obviously the, the biggest mentor I had, um, early on in my career was Scott Millsap, who was a huge part of FDIC. And, uh, he was going long before, before I was, but he was running the Georgia smoke diver program was when I met him back in like 1986, I guess. And, uh, Ended up doing a lot of training and teaching with him. We became very close. We traveled together, uh, taught a lot of classes all over. And uh, in I believe it was 97 uh, when FDIC started in Indy, um, they had the concept of Hot Tuesday. And uh, all it was was some very minimal skill stations out in the parking lot. Uh, with a group of of folks and uh, that kind of started the hot process. And then it evolved to Monday and Tuesday. And I taught with Scott Millsap's group, ESE training associates. And we did, we actually, our group did three classes, uh, three hot classes. We did confined space rescue. We did high angle rescue. And we did a class called axioms leadership. And uh, they ran for, I don't know, five, six years, I guess. And, uh, that got me, that was my first trip to FDIC as a instructor. I had been to one other FDIC in Cincinnati, uh, I think around 1990, maybe just as an attendee. And, uh, man, it was just overwhelming to see how many people were there, the quality of instructors, the classes. And, um, You know, I I got bit by the bug early, but the reason that I was working with Scott, one is obviously through the smoke diver program, but I I think it's true for a lot of our contributors and board members is it's, it's kind of interesting. I touched on it a little bit in the, in the keynote, but it's like certain people that are very, very driven and want things to be right. They want to do things the right way. Sometimes they can't do that in their own department for various reasons. Um, Obviously, I was an instructor in my department, but there was I wasn't allowed to contribute as much as I wanted to contribute. And so naturally, anybody with that personality looks for other outlets because you got to have your your creative outlet. I mean, that's why bands break up all the time. Right. Go for creativity and and. And and things like that. So so like you've got to have that outlet and feel like you're a part of something. And if you're not getting that and it it doesn't mean you don't like your department or whatever, it's just that for whatever reason, it could be political reasons. It could be budget reasons. You're not able to do the things that you want to do. And uh, and you look for those outlets and you gravitate towards people that are doing things like teaching outside. That's that's why most everybody starts their own training company and starts lecturing and teaching. Uh, you know, people at home they they hear you every day, and some of them want you to shut up. And so you you go and until you find you know where you fit in. And uh, MILSAP used to say that uh, you know if you're in a toxic environment or whatever, you you'll either Buckle down and find creative outlets elsewhere or you'll expunge yourself from the organization, you know, uh, and, and you'll move to something else. But I think that was probably the, the psychological reasons for teaching and, and being an instructor outside the department was, uh, because it was a bigger platform. And, you know, I like meeting people and, and, and make it a difference, uh, and sharing knowledge and, and that's it, um, the fire engineering part came along um when we had the big fire uh, of course i was already teaching and and had met bill manning and had a relationship with him had met tom brennan had a good relationship with him and then we had that huge uh mill fire in atlanta i think it was 98 99 maybe and uh i was union president at the time in atlanta And Bill asked me to write an article about the mill fire and the rescue. And so uh, um, I'd never written an article for for anybody. And so I put it together. Uh, He liked it. It ended up leading to doing the keynote at FDIC. Uh, I think it was either ninety nine or two thousand. And and that started me on the on the writing journey. And again, back to the department, I had issues with that article. Uh, we had a, we, you had to submit anything you were going to have published to the fire chief for approval. And, uh, um, so I did. And at the time I was a Lieutenant in Atlanta. So I submitted it up through the chain of command and there was nothing in this article. There wasn't even a hint of poly This was, this was a fire focus on, on the mill fire. Uh, one was about the fire, which ended up being like, uh, Ten alarms, I believe, uh, and then the other one—the other article had two articles in one magazine—was about the rescue itself, and that's where Matt Mosley hung off the rope on the helicopter and bear hugged the guy, put him in a hasty harness, and, and took him to the ground. And so, uh, um, I was—I was the union president at that time, and so the article was automatically denied. And I was not allowed to uh, to publish it. So I got kind of upset about it, talked to Bill, um, and I ended up talking to the city ethics officer because, you know, there's a lot of First Amendment protections and writing and all. And the city ethics officer told me right off the bat, says, as long as you don't put that you're an employee of the Atlanta Fire Department, you can pretty much write whatever you want to. And so if you go back in history, you'll never see my department listed on an article. It'll always say a Lieutenant in an urban department in Georgia, a captain in an urban department in Georgia. Yeah. And so it was frustrating, but that I never, I never asked for permission again. I just started cranking them out after that. So uh, that was interesting. That was very interesting time, but uh, it means the world to me. It's uh, you know, it's like anything else. It's, it's, the FDI, the core group of FDIC. I mean, there's attendees. I love the interaction with the attendees, but I mean, there's probably there's probably at least three or four hundred people that I can't wait to see because yes. I don't really see all of them all the time. I only see them at FDIC, and uh, um, you know, you just can't wait to get there for the whole thing, you know. And and my favorite. Time is actually I I usually get in on Tuesday or Wednesday before hot starts on Monday. And I absolutely enjoy that that Wednesday to Sunday before it all starts, because that would be the time where it would be just me and Bobby or me and Bobby and Brent, John and Mike going to dinner. And just having, you know, a lot of time because it's not frantic, you know, at that point. And, uh, and then the show starts and it's rolling and then it's over, you know, it's just nonstop. It's a blur. So, but yeah, definitely, uh, uh, it's definitely given me a lot. Same with what you said in the beginning, Mike, it's like, it gives you that outlet. It gives you that opportunity to contribute and, uh, you know, I never cared anything about being a celebrity or anything like that. I just want to put the information out and and share. And you know how it is when you're teaching a class, you end up learning more than you teach because people show you new methods and they say, what about this? And and uh I don't think you can only teach and be really good at the job. But if you're doing the job and teaching, gosh, it just because you get to see. So many things, you know, you get to see it done wrong and and, it, and you build those mental models. And uh, and I think it helps you, you know, become a better firefighter, better command officer all the way. Amen.
0: Yeah. No, I, man. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like uh, I, I would never disrespect my fire department and say that we were not trained well or. Right. Because we were. I mean, and we had we had some of the finest people who have ever worn the badge come through Seattle fire. The debt is, you know, the debt is, is beyond my description, what I owe the men and women of that place. And that, that storied place. Um, It was, it was about getting to other parts, talking to other people in the country, what they did, how they did it, why they did it, how they approach things. And it just provided more color, more insight, more, I mean, you know, you know, I'll tell you, David, and and this might be something you talk about when you talk about the magazine. um, I I felt like it was also a your stuff got vetted. You know, the stuff that you said that you believed it actually got vetted and run through the grinder a little bit. You actually have to learn to articulate. Here's what I believe. But here's why I believe it. And does it hold up or is it just something that locally it works for this little local thing, but it doesn't really work? in the broader context and um, I, I found it to be incredible. I'll tell you, David, one of the things that I got, you, I don't know that this was your experience, in hanging out with guys like Mike and especially there was a vibe on the East Coast, there was a a sacredness to the job. There was a respect for the, the honor and the tradition a little more than I think what we had on the West Coast. And I don't know if that was just me, but I can tell you that when I was around them, I saw a reverence for the history that wasn't and it might be because the West Coast is newer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could just tell you that it elevated my game to say this is an important thing. And history matters. You know, an example, I, my, David, I was in uh, the uh, captain's leadership class. Mike got me into FDNY's captain's leadership class. Just about every single guy who introduced themselves, introduced themselves this way. Uh, my name's Joe. You know, Colombo, I'm uh, 25 years on the job. My father had 27 years on the job. My, my
2: grandfather. Had there was
0: a there was a legacy there. And I don't know that what the, the people that I ran with, the, the, the department I was in or on the West Coast, that that would be the description. It would be more like I got 27 years on the job I worked at. Da, 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 da. I That was part of what was added to my game, is that the history and the legacy mattered. And it came from getting out. And hanging with guys like you.
2: Yep. And I think it would be on the West Coast. It would be like, uh, I'm into long walks on the beach, sushi, the mall, <laughs> things like that, right?
0: You're hanging out with the wrong West Coast guys, brother. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, you know, so you talked a little bit about um, what it's done, done for you and what it means to you. Um, let's talk about the actual animal itself. So we're going to go through just a few things that fire engineering FDIC is known for. You can always talk about whatever you want, man. All right. So if we don't yeah. hit it, you you talk about it, but let's start with what we're doing right here. Um, we're doing a brand new format for webcast. I think it's debuting this week. If I understand correctly, yeah, we've done a um, few. Uh,
2: what,
0: what do you, what's your vision for that? Why the change? What are you looking for?
2: So uh, in, in looking at, and I, I think we have 20, five shows maybe total plus the hump day hangouts and uh um i actually threw a facebook poll out because i knew there's there's some pretty popular podcast out there and that seems to be a very popular format for information and and sharing and so i threw a poll out on facebook and i said what's your favorite podcast and a lot of the comments that came back were saying that uh I absolutely love all the podcasts on fire engineering. However, sometimes the sound quality is a little bad and sometimes, you know, this and that, and, and it wasn't a lot, but there was, there was a few. And so, uh, um, I got with Pete who has been, uh, the main guy, uh, producing. I won't really say he's producing him, but not like in a true producer role. Um, the staff, in the fire rescue group is very small um, and everybody wears at least three or four hats. And so um, Pete is, is a web editor and a digital content editor. um, And the podcasts were an add on to his duties eight, 10 years ago. (laughs) And so um, he would do those. And we also have web uh, webcasts that are like sponsored classes That go on. He has to do those and all. So we're looking at the workload and all, and we got to talking. And he was like, "Well, we really need a producer. Like, I don't have the time to sit down and actually produce these things. I just like we hit record, they're done, and then we post them. You know, that's pretty much it. And so, uh, you know, I looked around, see what was out there, and what other people were doing, and we talked about kind of what the vision for it was. And, um, we're in the digital, I mean, we're in the smack in the digital age and, and people want digital content. They want video content. They want audio content. You guys know, you love listening to a a podcast on the road. Maybe when you're working out, you just download them and you got them on your phone. You got them on your watch, whatever it is. Uh, you, you can, you can access them really quick. It's, it's almost the new uh, the new reading, you know, cause some of these podcasts go on for two or three hours and, uh, and you, and, 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 you know, a marketer would say, oh, it's crazy. Nobody's going to listen. People listen to that. They listen to long form, uh, you know, uh, Rogan and some of those big, huge, they just changed the landscape of media and it took it back almost to the old talk radio days, you know? And, uh, um, so when we looked at that and we looked at all of our needs, uh, we needed to up our game in the social media world. Um, we needed more content. Um, we needed, we needed more exposure because we're all good with our content. You, uh, Mike and Mike, uh, you love getting the magazine in your hand. You love holding a book in your, in your hand. You'd love being at the concert. You, you love all those things. But, um, you know the eighteen to twenty five ish uh, person they're not they're not opening up a magazine uh, on a normal basis or a book they're doing everything on their phone or their computer or their tablet and so we wanted to provide more content in the digital format and then uh, I, I I'm stealing a uh, concept from Taco Bell. Um, I call it, I call it the taco bell mentality of content is taco bell only has five ingredients you know, meat, lettuce, some kind of shell tomatoes and, and some sauce, but they serve it 200 ways. It's yeah. open, it's closed, it's wrapped, it's crunchy, it's soft. It's all the same stuff and it's all delicious. <laughs> all right. And so, we're thinking like we don't have to totally create new content for everything. We can create some content and we can serve it four or five different ways. Right. Um, this pod, this podcast being recorded can be archived. Somebody can download it and it can watch it on a tablet. If that's what they want to do, they can download the audio and watch it. And you'll probably see clips of it pulled out and posted on Facebook, TikTok whatever the new one that just came out last week is, you'll see clips of it that will link you back to the full podcast. So um, uh, you're also going to probably see in the future uh, transcripts of some of the video content that you can read if that's what you want to do. And if you notice, uh, I started, I think, two months ago with the editorial for the magazine. So I write the editorial, it's published in the magazine. Pete posts it online for the uh, fire engineering content. It comes out in the digital magazine. I read, I just sit here at this microphone and read the editorial, and it's posted as an audio file. And then I film myself talking about the editorial. And so it's all the same content, it's just delivered four or five different ways. And right. and and that way we're hitting the eighteen year old, we're hitting the sixty year old, we're in, and everybody, you know, in between, it's because people like their content, you know, in different formats. And you know, if you uh let's see, I've been retired two and a half years now, but even before I left, you know, if you weren't training or running a call or sitting at the table eating, everybody is sitting there uh flipping, just flipping through. I mean, it's addictive. Uh, uh, and so we want our content to be out there, to be consumed and, and everything from five second bits to three hour long podcast, if, if that's what it is. So that's kind of the reason. And also we wanted it to be quality. And so, uh, um, we got Mark Ha Ha and hog involved and he's producing, he's in the background, uh now he's got a background in video and production also can rock guitar pretty good yep. so he's an audio guy so uh he he is adding his flair to it and it's going to grow uh, you're going to see it change even even more probably over the next few months as we worked all the kinks out and and all and the other thing was is to give you guys support it's like um you guys do this and take your time to do it and there's some there's some Reciprocal benefit and that people contact you and you yeah. are you guys are both still out there teaching. And so it's good promotion for you. But we want to promote you guys. That's the main reason for doing it is all of our board members, our contributors. That's what makes the whole thing work. It's not me. It's not uh, It's uh it's not any one person in the group. But we want everybody to have the platform that's uh that's contributing and so that it benefits you um you know you also so uh uh, hopefully we'll even do some some more some some more support as as we get into the budgeting cycle uh maybe providing you a little equipment and uh some things like that that'll make it even even better so that was the goal increase the quality and um get it to a point to where um People are on it, and I'm I'm telling you, I've I've seen the stats. I'm not going to reveal them here, but there are thousands and thousands of downloads per month on these podcasts. Um, Some of the top ones are probably hitting around 10,000, and, you know, even the ones that aren't getting a ton are still getting 2,000. And the good thing is you can take it with you anywhere you want to go. And listen to it at your convenience. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to be live and then it's gone, you know? So, yep. so that was a big, that was a big thing. And Mark's done an excellent job, uh, um, getting us to this point and we're going to go. peak got us to a certain level and, uh, we just had, to, we had to call in reinforcements. There's not enough time and enough, uh, stuff in the day to do it all, you know? this actually just producing the podcast could probably be a full-time job for us. That's, that's how many we do. Um, so, and plus you got the hump day hangouts on top of that and the webcast. So it's a lot.
1: That's cool. And I think there are the people who are the movers and shakers, the people who are involved, they're going to use these things in different ways and, you know, um, on the different social media platforms, you just have to search for fire engineering and you'll come up with some of this content. So when we're talking about this content, we're also going to talk about the website. Um, mm-hmm. Will the website look different and what new stuff can we expect on that website?
2: Um, so, yeah, we're right in the middle of the, the fire engineering redesign. The the platforms themselves change, which I know absolutely nothing about the back end of the thing, but they've changed. Um, The the firefighter nation website has already gone live and it's just easier. It's easier flow. Um, And, you know, there's so much technical stuff in this. You can't just have a website. You have to website. You have to have a website that will display on a phone correctly, which is different than a computer. You know, which is different from a tablet, and so you, you have to have the background to be able to, um, or, or the the processor in the background to to handle all of that. And um, the idea was to give it a fresh a fresh look, and then also to make it easier to find stuff. There's tons of information on the fire engineering website, but you have to spend a few minutes like digging for it, uh, and you can't put everything on the front page. But but you know there's some there's some uh, some science behind what you do put on there and how you structure it. One thing was uh, I definitely wanted the podcast on the f- front page. So if you go there now, you'll see that's one of the pull downs is is mm-hmm. podcast. Where before it was like it was on a tab somewhere. <laughs> um, um, and those guys, you, you know, I, I can't say enough about our digital team. Uh, uh, again, there there's only uh, three of them. And and they're never off. Um, They they work, you know, eight to five Monday through Friday. But the news doesn't stop on Saturday and Sunday or holidays. And so um, they're constantly covering and you see posts. Some of the posts are scheduled, obviously, that that get posted on the weekend. But if some breaking news happens, you got to be on it. And so they just go right into, uh, to get, and they do phenomenal job. Most of them have a news background. Um, but they're also like content editors and, uh, and they've, they either have learned the fire service or are close to the fire service. So they know a lot of the things not to, not to post, you know, or they can look at something and be like, Oh, that's not going to go over well. Um, but they do a phenomenal job. Um, with that, and they're scattered all across, you know, all across the country. One of them's up in up in Maine. One's in Savannah, Georgia now, and then of course Pete's up in New Jersey. Pete's the one in the office and's been with us uh, the longest. But they're they're doing fire engineering, fire apparatus and equipment, firefighter nation, all the the webinars, the newsletters. That if you subscribe to the newsletters, they're the ones producing those newsletters that go out every day. And so uh, it's a lot of work.
0: Well, cool, man. Well, um, the webcasts are one part of it, the podcast, the hump day hangouts. Um, I had to go find this because it's in my reading spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I want you to know from I know that Michael and I are older. So you made a point of, you know, the 18 to the 25 year olds and we're definitely not that. But I want you to know, David, and you are in this club with me, I know because we've talked about it a lot. I love this thing. yes, I love this. I love what it
2: Wait means. to get it.
0: Yeah, I love what it means. I love I love the feel of it. I love the look of it. Um, can you talk to while we're talking about all the innovation and we're talking about all the 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 newer things that gonna come, could we take it back just a little bit for those of us whose whose professional lives have been, really impacted through the years by, by what this has brought to our mailbox. Um, what's in store for the magazine? You know, both, I know we're going to have a digital version. We have that now. Mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you, I look at that only because I have to, Right. because <laughs> I'm required to look at it once in a while. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is where I go. Yeah. Um, talk about, talk about what you got planned, man. Um, everybody wants to know, you know, what's, what, just- what's coming, what you got planned.
2: Yep. So, uh, we're we're looking at some new looks, and just uh, for historical purposes, um, they I, I got one of the guys at the office to go back, and I'm like, how many different looks have we had over the years? And you know, I could remember a I could remember maybe two or three, yeah, different logos and different looks and all. And so they they produced this for me. This goes all the way back to the beginning. Wow! And uh, you know it's it's crazy at how many different different looks there's been and also so we have some we have some design you know in in process to look at some stuff you guys will see it at the board meeting um that we have in a few weeks but we've also just changed our digital um uh, landscape our, our software that produces the, the digital content. So it's going to have a different look too. And a lot of this is like operational stuff, you know, that, that we use, but uh, um, print is, is definitely not, it's not dead and it's not going anywhere in our niche market. <laughs> um, um, and, and there's, there's some pretty interesting articles out there. One that uh, I brought up to the team, that I saw was written a couple of years ago. And it was, it was saying that like the middle school age kids right now are going to fall back in love with print and because they've never had print. And so, you know, you're a music guy. What was the number one uh, other than downloads? Of course, what was the number one seller last year in the, in the music stores? Vinyl. Vinyl. Yeah for the first time you know it's it's come back people are buying stereo systems with needles and turntables you know i I can't even say and i'm not super technical music i can't say it's better i mean the digital sound is phenomenal but it's different and And, better and 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 maybe, maybe, maybe it is better Better. Maybe it is better, but you know, uh, what do they, what did they tell you when you, when you're, uh, you're about to throw away your skinny ties? Yeah. Hey, don't throw those away. They're going to come back in yeah. style one day. <laughs> right. And so the thought is that these people have been so far removed, like even the 25 and 30 year olds have been around print for like, but the 12 year olds right. <laughs> and, the, and the 13 year olds, They've all, they've always had a phone or a tablet or even some, some in some schools, you know, they have tablets. They don't even have textbooks and, and, and there's, there's no chalkboards. There's no whiteboards. There's smart boards and, and things like that. And so they're going to get their hands on some print and it's going to be just like the vinyl, uh, revolution. And so, um, I hope that's the case because I'm nostalgic like that. Um, but uh uh there's huge market for both um right now for for us so it's not going away obviously all all print magazines across the all industries have taken a hit in advertising and stuff and obviously you can see if you if you pulled a fire engineering out from 15 20 years ago it's probably twice or three times as thick as the fire engineering of today and that's strictly a formula based off of ads that are sold. And so we haven't really lost any advertisers, but they've shifted where they advertised. And so that, that affects your your cost uh, on printing. And so that's something I'm learning. Obviously, you know, I'm a fireman, uh, pull, ceiling, and break things and all. I don't know the business side of everything, but uh, but I do know that there's, there's still going to be print for a while for sure. And I'm hoping that that resurgent keeps it alive for forever. Um, But we're, you guys know you're able to do so much more with digital. Like we can embed the videos. You got Champo talking, you got me talking. Um, We're going to ask our authors, even if for a magazine article, you write a magazine article, Hey, give us a, give us a few words about the article that we can throw in the digital edition. You can, you can run full fledged commercials, product demos in the digital editions versus a, a static ad. So, um, the opportunity is there to do a lot with it. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep traditional uh, stuff in mind as we make any changes, but most of it will be layout. It'll just be the magazine will lay out a little bit different. And we may have a little different logo, you know, and it's down the road. It's not anything that's going to happen really, really quick.
0: Uh, The number one question for everybody who just listened to you, it's the second part of my question to you. The number one thing folks are wanting to know right now is, okay, so how do I do it? How do I get in that magazine? How do I get something onto the digital, into the website? You know, this cool thing that I know how to do, or this thing I'm passionate about, or this thing that we do at Fires that works really, really well. How do I translate that from here to whatever it takes to get it to fire engineering or, and or FDIC.
2: Yep. Um, The first step is to sit down and write something out and send it to us. And uh, we have people that can copy edit that can do layout. Uh, We, we have some new people try to submit us something in a PDF that's all laid out in columns. And it's like, no dude, we just need a word document. Yeah. You know, we need it we need it in in the form, in a Word document, but we do all that. We have people that do all that. We just need your brain to to put it on paper. It doesn't have to be spelled correctly every and punctuated correctly every time and that stops a lot of people. They're like, "Well, I'm not an English major. I'm not a writer." Trust me, I am not either.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> if if and you're my, the editor if Is my do- if my English teachers could see me now, uh yeah, I'm probably not as bad as some, but I mean, thank God for Diane, I mean that's her wheelhouse, and uh and you know i I tell her every time I send her something i'm like if if I wrote it, I'm like, hey, feel free to like tell me." what are you saying or what are you trying to say or whatever? And, and she doesn't like to change the content of anything. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to change the me right. meaning. She just wants to make sure it's spelled correctly, punctuated and, and the paragraphs are paragraphs and not, you know, 16 sentences uh, run on. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and she's a master master at that. And, and, you know, she's been doing it so long you know she knows just as much about most of this stuff as we do but she'll still call and ask
1: and you know diane always sends me if i write a fire focus she always calls or sends me it and says this is what we changed this to is this what you wanted it to say absolutely for all the brothers and sisters out there listening i am definitely not an english major My daughter is an English teacher, but I am not. And if it wasn't for Diane or anything else, I'd never be here. Because what they want is just your ideas. They want your what happened, what you did, what worked, what didn't work. And they can fix the rest of it. That's why they're called editors.
2: I'm not encouraging you to do this, but um, I've said it on a podcast before, and he knows it, and he's not ashamed of it until about – Probably five or six years ago, Bill Gustin was submitting his articles on a legal pad. I <laughs> know. Yeah. And I mean, it's Bill Gustin. I mean, he's, he's our technical editor, uh, one of our technical editors. So, uh, um, it's just, you know, we need the content. We need your brain power. Um, we have so many platforms. Um, we have Firefighter Nation, we have the print magazine, we have the digital, uh, magazine, which is pretty much a, a carbon copy of the print magazine for now it could expand uh later but then we just have fireengineering.com that has exclusive content to fireengineering.com um, we definitely are not short on content we we have stuff scheduled out for months uh on submissions but we're not turning away con content and we're Let's say, and I don't know exactly how many we're doing, but let's, you know, let's say we were posting three or four uh, web content or only articles a week. You could see that expand to something something new every day, you know, if we have the, the content to support it. And uh, um, you don't have to write War and Peace. Um, in fact, we have found that the shorter, you know, 2000 word articles are a little more popular. We can get more content in the magazine uh, because the magazine is smaller. The print edition um, where we used to have, you know, I don't know, 15 articles or so. Uh, if you keep those really big articles, you run out of space quick. And so people have told us they like the they like the shorter. Um shorter articles. And sometimes you can't, sometimes you, you, you just can't get it all in. But, um, we, we, we do, we don't do them a lot, but we do some multi-parts sometime. If it's just too big, we may break it up into two or three parts. Um, but, but yeah, all you got to do is send it to us. You can, you can email us, you can email me, you can email Diane, you can email Pete. We're all, uh, um, accessible through the fire engineering website and we get it and i probably get uh i don't know anywhere from 10 to 12 things to look at a week um and some of them are just a paragraph or two it's like hey what do you think about this and i might shoot it back to you and say well this is good but we need some more meat like you know they're they're uh, as bobby used to say uh it's an editorial you know it's your thoughts and it's an editorial and we don't we only publish one editorial in the magazine so <laughs> so it needs to be technical. It needs to be a how to or what happened um, um, we We will run some things like in the letter to the editor um we're We're pretty flexible on being able to put some stuff in that area but uh you know the other thing I'll say about writing is. Write what you know and what you do at your department. Don't worry about the way FDNY does things. It, you know, if if you're in a department and and in, in Middle America that has a two-person engine company, and and you get on the scene and you're operating by yourself for the first fifteen minutes, write us something about how you do it. Because that is actually more applicable <laughs> to most of the people <laughs> in the country than, you know, how you deploy a six person engine crew. Um, we want it all. Uh, we don't we, we want the six person engine crew article, but we also want the the one and two person engine uh, company article because everybody faces different things. And and where I get turned off with a writer is a writer is writing something that you can tell they're not really that experienced about, but they either took a class in it or they read a book on it. And it's, uh, and I've told a couple of people not to be, you know, cruel, but uh, I do say that I'm the Simon cow of editors. Uh, you know, he was always the one saying that it wasn't good or it wasn't what, not what everybody's Yeah, it's good. Uh, I, I'm like, dude, if, uh, if we wanted a, a, a book report, I would have got whoever wrote the book to write it for us. And that's not to say don't quote a book or whatever, but a lot of people try to teach a class from a book that they've read, but they didn't experience those things that that author did. And that's a turnoff to me that we want you to teach what you know. So Mark Twain quote, write what you know, write what you know and what you do and you keep it simple, short, sweet, to the point and uh and, and it turns out good but all you got to do is submit the first step is submit and uh we'll help you through the process i love seeing somebody send me something and a lot of times it's not that it's bad it's just sort of there's no flow to it and so it's like all over the place and it bounces around and i'll work with them a few phone conversations i don't have the time to do it for them But a few phone conversations will be like, hey, man, why don't you narrow the scope of this instead of covering everything there is about breathing apparatus? Why don't you just focus on SCBA maintenance checks in the morning and then do another article on uh, breathing techniques and another article on air consumption and another, you know, if you you're not writing a book you're writing an article so so it's kind of like anything else have a clear objective uh, cover it uh, and and going back to English I don't know why this popped in my head but it's a great quote this is from my eighth grade English teacher who did creative writing okay and I don't know what year this would have been probably
0: before the Dead Sea got sick
2: <laughs> it would have been 78 79. And so for her to say this was like risque, right? She said, your assignment that I ask you to do needs to be just like a woman's skirt. We're like, what? She goes, long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to make it interesting.
0: And <laughs> hey, You remember it. So it was a good I analogy. I remember it from eighth grade. <laughs>
1: That's great. That's great. Now, the next question is kind of interesting because I think it's um, going to uh, be changed. But the question that: What is your vision for books and videos? And I know most of these young kids, the videos. There are no more videos. I don't think Fire Engineering is doing any more DVDs because no. people don't even have DVD players anymore. Right. So everything is from a digital content, but it's called the books and videos division. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So what's your, what's your vision for that?
2: So Diane and I share responsibility with acquisitions, which is we review the proposals, uh, and we basically decide what we're going to publish and, and what we're going to reject. And, uh, um, another very short staffed division, um, there's, there's just a handful of, of folks that work in, in that area, but um, we actually have 16 books in production um, for this year, and so um, we've upped the production some from, from what it has been. Um, Mark was in that division for a long time and knows the, the inherent issues with all that. It is a lengthy process to put a book out, but it's the same basic process as an article. It's just a, a more lengthy time frame. So the first thing you have to do is you got to fill out the the book proposal um, on the web. You got to go and tell us what it's about and all that. But we're very focused on um, books that can have study questions embedded in the book. Obviously, we want Good content, and uh, um, while we're on the subject of books, this just came out, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, this guy, right? Jeff Rothmeyer, Jeff Rothmeyer, and uh, um, this is mastering mastering the craft, and uh, we've we've already gone. It just came out. Three weeks ago, um, another one that we got that just came out at FDIC, another great one, command president, Frank, Frank Ritchie. Um, I mean, these things are freaking gorgeous. Uh, the, the artwork, the layout, all of that stuff. So the vision is strike a balance between what our resources can produce. Have a good variety of content and create stuff that is applicable, that can can be applicable to standards, can be used for study on on uh, for promotional exams, and it's just topics that haven't been haven't been put out there in mass production that need updating. There'll be a lot of book updates um, as as a book gets. Five, six years old, there's always something else that that comes up that needs to be um, updated in it. And uh, and then the biggest piece, I guess, to go on top of that is really folding in our marketing people to have a good marketing plan for each of the books to help the authors get the word out to get um, social media coverage. Uh, I'm about to start a podcast with the authors of any new book that comes out just to talk about their book. So that'll be another, another format change.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, would you, would you hold, uh, we're going to
2: keep selling.
0: Would you hold Richie's book up again? I want to take a picture of that with you doing it just so I can, yeah. just so I can, just so I can show him. It is his, uh, his book made the, uh, it made the radio show. Thanks for that. <laughs>
2: So, so, so you're saying he doesn't, he doesn't watch your show.
0: (laughs) Uh, He will now. He will now, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Obviously we still got the, uh, the Bobby Halton book. Um, just a classic collection. So well done. Um, Diane did a great job putting that together. Um, but, but that's the goal. Try to, we're doing a lot of asking questions. What does, what do the firefighters want? What's missing? how can we fill the void? And then how can we improve on any of the content, uh, you know, that's already that we already have that, that needs to be updated. So 16 is very ambitious. Um, The process is being worked through um, star Franz is our, is our book manager and uh, she'll actually oversees the team that manages the process. But um, the best thing to do is just write, Right. Have a pretty good jump on it when you make the proposal, um, because we're going to ask you to to be quick. And uh, and we're going to do on our end, we're going to do a lot more communication back to the authors. Um, We're actually working on a a packet right now. It's like, so your book's been accepted. Now what? Here's what to expect. You know, once we get this, then it moves to this phase. Once we get this, it moves to this phase. It'll be a little guide to, uh, to get you through. And we're also looking for distributors. If you have a conference um, you're doing, you're out there and, and you want to become a book distributor, just let us know. You get some discounts on, you know, big purchases and you can resell the books at your, at your conferences and, uh, and events. I know you guys do that for yourself, uh, with your books, but, uh, but that's the goal.
0: Cool. Very good. Well, um, just, just as a little sidebar, just talk, uh, I'll ask the next question right after you, you answer this. Um, talk to David, talk to the, to the guy who probably was much like Michael and I, and you were long, long time ago. Um, they feel like they have an idea. They feel like they have a concept. They saw something at a fire that, you know, bothered them. They investigated, they come up with a different technique or whatever it is. Talk to them about um, this idea that it's already been done. You know, that there's been a thousand articles written on throwing ladders. There's been, you know, thousand articles written on the way to do through the lock or, using the spreaders at an extrication or whatever. Um, speak, speak to those folks right now who are just like, ah, you know, what do I got to say? That's going to be any different than what's been said a thousand times before. Who am I?
2: Yeah. Um, we run into that a lot. This is pretty interesting. Um, if you look, uh, let's look at, let's take leadership for, for a good example. Um, I think I wrote about this already and posted, it, but it's like you hear somebody going, man, that guy's that guy's teaching my leadership class. Yeah. <laughs> How long's leadership been around? Yeah. A while. <laughs> All of these things have been around <laughs> for a while. But the reason they keep coming up is because they're timeless and everybody puts their own perspective on it. And so. Um, You know, if you have a new technique, you got a new technique. That's awesome. That's that's how things progress. But if you don't have a new technique, you have different experiences from the other guy that wrote the book. And the most important part of the book is you putting your experience. And circumstances into the technique that that's what makes a good book, you you. you you know, if if you want a technical manual, um, that's pretty boring to read. You know, we'll we'll do the blowout drawings and, and all of that stuff. It has it has to be relatable and, and maybe it's maybe it's technical for a little while and you give all the nuts and bolts of step one, step two, step three, but then there's a story about how it applies in a situation. And that's what a lot of firefighters are missing yeah. is the application piece. And, and we had a book. Um, I don't think it's come out yet, but um, it was actually the first project Bobby actually handed me as a full time SME. And it was a book and it was it was somewhat of a textbook type book. But then there was these little bits in there of a story that hammered home the point and he wanted to take them out. He's like, this is a waste of space, you know. And I'm like, no, 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 because the people who are reading these books haven't been on this amount of calls, and it just reinforces the lesson and shows them the practical part of it of how it applies in the in the field. It doesn't make you good at it, but it just gives you bigger perspective. And uh, and I think that's that's why you rewrite things over and over and over because. Um, words and, and all that we use and, and we're pretty good. We understand each other, but sometimes the, the vocabulary changes a little bit and it's just, it's, it's just come at it with new words and, and a new perspective and, uh, and, and it happens. And if you're not doing that, then it's not as relatable to the next generation. So the already printed books are related to us. The upcoming printed books need to be related to the newer generation um, so that they have the effect.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, um, I just wanted to say to the folks that are listening to this, because once we let them know, we're going to be talking about FDIC and submissions and all this type of stuff. They're going to be interested in what you had to say. And um, I think both from both Mike and I's perspective, I want you folks that listen to our stuff to know You've got somebody sitting in the chair. He's already written on it in the editorial um, that when you've got something to contribute, there's a place for you. There's a there's an avenue for you. There's a mechanism for you, and it'll it'll be, it'll go through the grinder like all of our stuff has. But if you really want to get your stuff out to fellow firefighters to help them hone the craft, there is a place for you to express that voice. And we just want to encourage you that we need you, and we need to. I I've seen. Um, I've seen the stuff that Mike and and David talk about in their classes through the years and I've been impacted by it. I've seen that topic through their eyes. I have not seen it through yours and seeing it through yours is critical if you put in the work. It's critical to the craft moving forward and you have somebody sitting in the chair that is going to give you the opportunity to do that if you pay the price. And you bring good stuff. You bring good vetted stuff that you're teaching at your department that you've actually seen in the streets or that have worked in your firehouse. You got an avenue for it. Um, mm-hmm. And never, never more applicable, David, than the question just basically says, let's talk FDIC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you already did a little bit. The show, Yeah. Talk, talk, if you will, just a little bit about the show, what folks can expect and why they should mark it on their calendar and do whatever they can to get there.
2: Um, You know, it is the place where the entire fire industry is in one spot at one time. And uh, um, you know, I've said it before. I am, I don't discourage anybody from going to any conference. Um, You get to the conferences that are close to you and network and all that. But you, you still need to come to FDIC where everybody is there. So even, even a big regional conference is, is still nothing compared to the amount of information, resources, um, the show floor itself where you can go and talk to the people who are actually building the equipment. Um, whether it be an engineer or, or a salesperson, you can talk to a person and tell them your experience and they get as much out of it as 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 anybody else, because that's where they're getting that getting that feedback. Um, at FDIC, there have been thousands of innovations that come out of conversations yeah. on the street and they lead to new products. They lead to new processes. They need lead to new um new classes, new, new training sessions. And, uh, I mean, there's just really nothing, (laughs) there's nothing to compare it to. Um, and it it's, it's uplifting and motivational in a way that you, you feel that, man, I'm a part of this thing and it's huge. And, and, you know, I, I don't like to use the term like-minded because sometimes that's not always good that everybody's on exactly the same. But like intended, I guess, I might be it's like most people are coming there to learn something, to share something. And um, it, it's just that spot where. You might go to a class one day that is just something that blows you off your feet that you've never heard or you've never thought about. um, And you think, man, that right there was worth coming. And then four hours later, you might be out at one of the local watering holes and walk up and have a conversation with somebody that blows that class out of the water (laughs) because you've never had the opportunity to talk to somebody that was in that particular field or that particular thing. And then you're like, Oh man. And then the next day you go to something else and it just, it just continues to, to exceed, uh, you know, your expectations, but the, the networking, the learning um, it's just, it's just incredible. And uh, um, we want to continue to build on this Like, how do you improve that? You know, <laughs> and uh, we've got a thousand and nine submissions. This year, which is almost 100 more than we've ever had. Um, There's about roughly 300 spots, including hot workshops and classrooms. Um, And so um, it's a tough process. It's it's a tough process to go through. And uh, I've explained this before. I think I had a long Facebook post. I know. Dugan's had had some advice on it. Is it's like first you got to get in the arena. Um, um everything is about relationships. And I don't mean that in a political sense, but it's like if you've never taught anywhere and you've never written any articles and you came to FDIC and you're like, I want to teach at FDIC, and you submit a class, um, unless you're well, and and that doesn't really apply, but like, if you've got a brand new class, unless you're John Norman or, or Dugan Gallian, a guy who's been teaching for us forever, if, if you say you've never taught that class anywhere on the application, the FDIC is not the place to try out a class. I mean, it's, it's, it's the show. It's the, the world series of, of classes. And that doesn't mean that every class is absolutely a hundred percent. Awesome. Because, you know, we're taking chances on on some things and some things relate to different people. But uh, it's not perfect. But there is a certain thing that we're looking for. Um, somebody got really mad. I, I think it may have been last year, or year before. And they said something on Facebook's like, ah, oh, you can't. I, I quit submitting because uh, they wanted me to write an article on the class that I submitted and I'm not in the business of selling magazines for them uh, or whatever. But um, this thing is like, this is a, this is a family of products that are all tied together. And a lot of people, I mean, you guys know, and most of our audience knows that, you know, fire engineering, FDIC, it's all the same. It's all the same uh, people working on the show. Um, But you gotta, you gotta crawl, walk and run. And so, the best way to teach at FDIC, unless you just happen to get lucky, is all get out and have a subject and have taught somewhere else and we have some background on you. The best way to get in is to start by submitting an article. Submit another article. Get something published on the web. Be a guest on a podcast. Uh, you know, you, you got to. Put forth some effort to build your reputation, other than just in your in your department or whatever, so that we know who you are, and um, and that's sort of like the that's sort of like the test to you know if if we can count on you for some content that we need, then it's it is somewhat of a reward to come and teach at FDIC, but it's not the only. Criteria. Your class still has to be awesome too, and your proposal has to be good. Uh, So, a lot of, and we get, we get submissions. uh, We get submissions from professional speakers. You know, Mr. So and so is an excellent speaker and his message would resonate with your audience. Um, Please um, let us know that you're interested. Mr. So and so's speaking fees are $60,000 per day. blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know we're here for ourselves uh we we don't let the exhibitors teach in our in our sessions uh we don't want sales pitches in our sessions it is vetted fire service industry people there may be an expert in some other field that we need like you might get a psychologist. That's, Teaching something about human behavior, or or something, but somehow they're kind of connected to the fire department, either through, you know, uh, a wellness program or or something. Usually, but everybody is in the industry, and they're industry contributors, and uh, um, you you kind of got to pay your dues. It's it's a it's a process. Every now and then, there'll be somebody uh, that that we'll see and we'll actually go after. Uh, and ask them to submit. And, and you guys do that. You tell people to submit all the time. But uh, that's the best way to get into the process is establish yourself with us so that we know who you are and show that you're serious by creating content. Maybe it's video. If you if you don't like to write, uh, we have training minute videos. Uh, we, we would love to have anybody's three to five minute little tip on how to use this piece of equipment. Um, we'll run it. We'll run it. Um, you can do raw video and get it to us. We can do the editing on it, um, but there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways to contribute and get yourself established so that you can get in there.
1: And can I say something on that too? As Absolutely. Who reviews a lot of these programs. If you can't take the time to put pen to paper or even type it for your submission to FDIC, If I look at this submission and nothing is spelled out in there, like you took two minutes to put this thing together. I think that's how you're going to put your class together. I want to see something that explains to me what you want to teach, why you want to teach this, how you know this, why you are doing this. If I read through this thing and it is a, you know, two second, I should be teaching this subject because I'm me and thing. That's it. And there's nothing else to it. I'm going to say no, because I read other people who have descriptions. This is what I'm doing. This is the methodology that I'm using. This is the important fact. This is why I'm teaching this class. And I want to see what you have to say and put that in there. If you can't take the time to fill out that paperwork properly, it goes to me like, well, how's your class going to be?
2: Yeah. And one of of the other ones that uh, are almost always an automatic no and and. You know, I know a lot of people, but I don't know every I don't know all thousand nine submitters when it says resume and work history and things like that. We need to know that um, if it says resume available upon request, it's like we requested it like it says <laughs> resume here. And because uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. This 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 was years ago, probably 15 plus years ago, I had a pretty good proposal. And it was on um, it was on high rise incident command. And uh, it was well written. Uh, it was all spelled out. And and the person did not put where they worked on there. And so I was curious. So I started snooping around and I found out where the person worked and and. And it wasn't that this person came from another place. They had done their whole career in this department. And the tallest building in that town was two stories. (laughs) But the person had attended the National Fire Academy command and control of high rise fires or whatever that class was. And they knew the information well enough to do a proposal. And it may have been a great class but that's not who we're looking for to teach that class. That person would have had a lot better chance of like we said earlier write about what you do and what you know in your department. Um, same thing with with r- writ or water supply or whatever it is. everybody has different challenges it's like they say all politics are local, all firefightings local and we need that perspective. And so don't be afraid to just be yourself and submit things that you do. And, you know, don't don't try to over do it with some glamorous stuff. And and another tip I'll give you is even though uh, we're all leadership gurus and all out of those thousand and nine proposals, probably four to five hundred of them will be on leadership. And we have about, I don't know, maybe. 10 slots for leadership classes uh, depending on what it is. And, um, and remember, it's the Fire Department Instructors Conference. So you know want to really get my attention. Teach something about how to teach, <laughs> you know, new methods and all that's great. And, and we it, it, just like the Fire Department has become the uh, default emergency service for everything. FDIC's kind of become the default conference that everything is there now. So there is a lot of variety and stuff, but, uh, man, you want to get my attention, you know, how to teach, how to teach search technique, how to teach, uh, you know, residential search, how to teach commercial search, how to teach, uh, you know, two and a half hose advancement up the stairwell, how to teach those things that those get my attention, uh, Really well. And obviously, Mike, you say it all the time in your social media post. We have way more fantastic proposals than we have space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of got into it with this guy on Facebook. We were talking about is like, so whatever it was he proposed, like we had two people in our cadre that had written books on that subject. They took the time out of their life to write a book you know, like a 600 page book on that subject and had contributed 15, 20 articles over their career. What a slap in the face for us to pick somebody that has done nothing for us other than a proposal for a class over somebody who has grinded for years teaching, you know, hot classes and, (laughs) and and writing articles and, and, and creating a book for us. So yeah, priority is going to go to the people that are uh, established. And the other point is, and and it's not to discourage you from submitting because, you know, there's been a lot of people that have submitted for five, six, seven years. And, and it takes that long to get in the process is there's only, we, we try a formula of about one third new content uh, on the classes and so even though there's 300 spots, there's really only about a hundred new spots, you know, and, and so I don't tell you that to be discouraged. It's just that your odds, your odds of not, of, of teaching, if you don't put in are obviously zero. <laughs> but if you want to teach, you put in the work, you establish the rapport and you do the stuff and you will get there eventually. You will get there eventually.
1: And very honestly, Michael and I, it took us a long time to get there. I can't tell you the number of times I was turned down before I got to teach the first time. I mean, I was working, doing hands-on and teaching hands-on there with mm-hmm. uh, John Sulk and Rick Lasky, and Get Out Alive and stuff. And I put in to teach for three or four years before. Wasn't
2: I that? Wasn't that actually called maiming your own?
1: <laughs> one time.
2: Okay, just one time. <laughs> one
1: time. Okay. So um, speak to our audience. And we really hey, went Hey, Michael.
0: Michael, yes, could I rip? Could, David, let me riff just a little bit. Sure. I can't help it. Um, let me, let me, I, I want to pull back to the individual who you said, um, you know, uh, talked about. I'm not going to write an article because we're not about selling magazines and whatever else that, that, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm trying not to swear. Remember, I said, friends that you want to view things through as many people's eyes as you can. Let me, let me let you just for a minute view it through my eyes, because I am one of the guys who's going to be evaluating your proposal. In fact, I have 200 of them sitting in my computer right now, and I'm only a third of the way done with the, the deadline approaching. So um, we actually take it really seriously, and we try really hard to give your proposal the best uh, reading and view and the best shot possible. If it's the best thing for FDIC, that's what we want there. Um for the individual who who you know said that they don't have to have taught the class before or don't have to write about the class let me tell you right off the bat as an evaluator and as someone who's done it for a long time here's what that tells me you're not confident in your stuff that's what it tells me because if you have a if you have a dynamite through the lock technique that worked on that last warehouse fire you went the very first thing that I would have expected to happen is that your fire department, the people that you work with would have been told about that technique. And you would have tried to train that technique in your own fire department with your own family, with the people who are gonna be going to the next warehouse fire long before you thought about sharing it with the nation. And it would have been vetted with those people who know you, And, you know, they're not they're not people who don't know your reputation. They know you. And when that technique is vetted in your own department at your own training division, and maybe you write a little white paper on or something that's disseminated out to your department, it then starts to be something that might be something that would resonate with the National Fire Service. And if you don't have the guts to do that, it's because you're not confident in what you're talking about. And FDIC, the big stage, is not the place for that. You should be training in your own department. You should be training in your own firehouse, your own folks. You should be trying to to enable your own department to be better. You should be training with the local fools organizations and the county fire areas to let the people around you get better. And as your class is taught, it gets vetted. That The stuff about it that seemed true, maybe that isn't, starts to come up and you start to hone that. And it then becomes something that rises to the level of being a national level part of the conversation, um, that's what I'm looking for, gang. When I when I look at evaluations, that's what I'm looking for. I don't care about the size of your department. I don't I nope. don't even necessarily care about how long you've been on the job. I definitely look at that. The person that's got thirty years gets some credibility to me over the person that has three. But we got a lot of people with three, four, five, six, seven years on the job that have brought something to the table that transformed what we do. If you want to be part of it. Do what these two guys did. Do what all my friends at FDIC have done, and put the time in. And I promise you, you've got somebody sitting in the chair now. You had it with Bobby too. You definitely have it with David that is going to give you the chance if you put the time, effort, and energy in. Uh, Michael, or uh, you know, that's what I wanted. To, that's all I wanted to say.
1: <laughs> well, they, they nice riff. Together, that's what I wanted with, the, to say. with yeah. the the last question, I'm going to ask is speak to the brothers and sisters out there, our audience, about your vision for giving them the tools they need, which we've talked about and providing them a place they can contribute and share their message because of all the different platforms you have. And we haven't even talked about it tonight that you also have other magazines, you know, uh, fire apparatus, Mm -hmm. Uh, you have gems, you know, you have other ways. There are a ton of avenues depending on what you want to do. And where you're going to go. And I'm going to look for the people who are doing this. When I look at and review classes, I'm going to look for the people who are doing what they're talking about. And I mean, some of the classes I have no expertise in, but I look at the people and their expertise. When I get someone who's talking about uh, using uh, firefighters on an ambulance for firefighting skills. And because they have them, that's the way their department runs. They are the manpower pool. They're the rescue team, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're the search team. I'm looking for what you have out there. So please talk to them about your vision, okay, for giving them the tools and providing them the space.
2: Yep. So, uh, you know, we've, we've said it before, the contact information's on the website. You, you, you can even pick up the phone and call. <laughs> you know, if that if that's your preferred method, or send me an email and say, "Hey, I got something I want to run by you." Yeah, I was thinking about, um, you know, give me a call and let's discuss it and get the ball rolling. I might send you to some somebody else. Um, don't have a preconceived notion about where your content's going to be. Just send in the content. Let us decide where it best fits and where it best flows in our host of products and and not only do we have the magazines and the websites but we also have the fire academy and the gyms academy which is online learning platforms maybe we have a conversation i'm like dude that is way 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 too much like for just an article we need you to write an article but we also need you to Record a class, you know. We'll get you in the system to record this class for, for the for the fire academy or the gyms academy, and and uh, but you got it. You got to reach out. Now we're we're constantly looking for folks and want to invite different people in. But if you've got the desire to do it, you you got to bring. You got to have a skill and something that you bring to the table, other than you know I'm the greatest. Cause that's not what, I'm, that's definitely not what I'm, what I'm looking for. And, and like Mike said, it's like, it doesn't matter how long you have in, but what matters is what you're trying to do. So if you're a two or three year guy and you propose a class that's like how to be the new guy in the station, yeah. okay, you have to, you, you are the closest to that subject of anybody in our, in our pool of people who's writing. But if you're, if you're like, how to, how to use experience from 30 years, <laughs> how to use 30 years worth of experience. And you're a two year guy, then that's, that's not your, that's not your wheelhouse. And so just uh, don't, don't be afraid to to take a chance. And I think Mike uh, Galliano, one of your points about these folks that say, well, it's already been written about, Some of those people are afraid because it's not their comfort zone. And even though it's already been written about and they have some ideas, they know that once you get in their arena, you're going to be torn apart. If there's anything, if there's anything wrong in your article, you're going to hear about it. And I say wrong. It might only be wrong in this area over here but somebody's going to alert you to what you said. And, and uh, what is uh, our buddy uh, Castro says, the, re- the recliner snipers are, are going to come out. And some people don't have the demeanor to handle that. Um, if you're doing it for the right reason and you're truly trying to have an impact, you don't let that bother you. And actually, it's, you may actually learn something and you make an adjustment from the feedback that you get like you mentioned before, because, uh, you know, writing an article in a lot of cases, it's not as bad as an IAP, but, um, you know, an IEP is only as good as the second it was printed because the circumstances change. Right. And you got to adapt. Well, the print process is so long by the time you write it and we edit it and we get it published, something may have changed by then. So you can expect some criticism, um, I'm still in the honeymoon phase, but I'm still waiting for my, my lashing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe after August editorial, I'll get some lashing, but um, I've, I, we've, we've had a couple of little comments, but not, nothing, nothing that's been earth shattering. You know, there's always somebody out there has got something to say, but you, you know, you actually want that feedback because everything's about uh, what's all saying that is uh, um, your perception uh might not be reality, but it's your reality. <laughs> you know, so so the perception of how you communicated something, how did people interpret it? And you might be like, oh man, well that's no, 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 that's not what I meant. You know, uh what my buddy, my my buddy Brent Elder always says, he goes, I'll call him and say, well, what do you mean so and so? he goes, What are you talking about? I know exactly what I mean. i knew exactly what i was talking about (laughs) and i'm like whoa whoa, you got to back up i think you started in the middle you got to back up give me some context here i don't know what the hell you're talking about so uh um you know if if you're that kind of person you can't handle uh you know if you're if you're the recliner sniper and you've got some information um Gonna have to get out of your comfort zone. You gotta you gotta get out of it, man. You you gotta put yourself out there. The the man in the arena is one of my favorite uh quotes. And I mean, I've hell, I got fired over an article. So uh I've been there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can David, I can still remember. Um, Bobby told me it was coming. I can still remember an article that me and the other Seattle guys wrote, and there was an editorial opinion written by the special operations chief of the FDNY uh, calling into question something we had written and he was right. Tough moment. You know, it's a tough moment, but I'll tell you, we we all sat down and talked about it and it's like, this is exactly what we want. We want to write to the best of our ability, what we think is true and where it needs to be sharpened, where the evidence goes in a different direction. We want our message to be so honed and so sharpened that it actually matters. It impacts. It's true. You know, at O Dark 30 in the middle of the night, it's not some philosophy that someone came up with that sounded (laughs) good. It's something that's vetted that actually will help firefighters. That's why we're in this in the first place.
2: Yeah, Um, You know, we run into that. um, A lot of people, and it's it's not really, it's not that it's bad, but you have to be careful with it. Um, I always say, if you become a career training academy guy and you're not in the company anymore, you're, you're at the training academy, I'm talking like, you know, a decade or longer, eventually you start teaching from your academy experience. And so if you're doing live burns with pallets and, and, you know, that kind of thing, and you, you might even start experimenting with some stuff and come up with some new techniques, but you came up with them in a controlled training environment. And if they hadn't been tested out on the, uh, on the field on a real structure or so forth, sometimes we get a lot of people who have invented the next great tactic, but it was invented in a, in a concrete building, in a concrete <laughs> building with pallets and it's yeah. not reality. Yeah. Um, and so you gotta be, we have to be careful with that too. Yeah. Don't, don't do a, don't do a
0: victim drag class when you're dragging them across concrete floors in the training tower, you yeah. know, you want to, you want to drag them across some crappy carpet with needles on it, you know, and debris yep. and <laughs> no, uh,
2: no obstacles, as they say, no obstacles, well, David, my last thing, um, and then, uh, just follow on with this,
0: um, uh, tell folks how we can get a hold of you, that type of thing, the best way. And if you have anything else you want to talk about end with that, but, uh, you're writing an editorial, um, <laughs> You're writing an editorial every uh, month. Every month. And yeah. T- if, if you would, this is a little bit of a side, but just tell them what you're hoping to accomplish with the editorials. Why, you know, what what have you done? I mean, I, I, I have not read uh, the new ones. I just got it in the mailbox today. I can tell you the the uh, first couple that I read in detail were phenomenal. Uh, right in my wheelhouse for what is important to me and what I think we should be about. Um, so tell them, tell them what's up there. What they can expect.
2: Um, well luckily I'm only like I said 2 years removed from from running calls my main objective is to be relatable um with something that is uh you know a little bit of commentary on something maybe a little humor thrown in here and there but then just uh just a a tidbit little message on on top of it and um i am totally writing from my experience um and that's what i'm trying to do is sort of have the kitchen table conversation with you through the editorial and 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 it's written in a way that you know okay yeah he actually was there um you know i'm not i'm not I'm not a philosopher uh really? and uh you know i know I know Bobby was a deep philosopher and a history buff and political and all that, and I absolutely loved every bit of it, but that's not me um right. you know that's that's not my my thing so I want to write about fire station life fire fighting uh maybe maybe some technical rescue stuff, and just general overall um, good industry things that, that could be a conversation anywhere. And I want it, I, I want it to read, like we're having this conversation right. too, you know, I don't want it to be uh real formal and stuff. So I, I, I really think out the title and try to come up with something that's kind of, you know, little snarky and little, uh, a little eye catching, you know, they're, they're not all going to be, you know, like like that but every now and then there's there's just one that just something comes to you and it's like kind of like that little hook line and try to weave it in weave it in somehow so
1: uh, um, i think they're all gonna be heads i don't think they're all gonna be home runs
2: no they won't <laughs> they won't and eventually you kind of run out of stuff you know so uh <laughs> um when i was doing the hump day uh the hump day sos column and I did that for a couple of, I don't know, three, three or four years or whatever. And, you know, you get you get the writer's block every now and then. And so the first thing I would do when I had the writer's block, what I would go to the Tom Brennan book, which was all the Tom Brennan's back pages. Yeah. And I would just scan the table of contents because it was hundreds yeah. of of just little short titles. And then something would catch my eye that I'd be like, hmm, I had never written about that and i would flip and i'd see what he had to say about it which was obviously dated because it was written you know 15 20 years ago and i'd be like "Hmm, I, i had something that happened that that you know could relate to that so trying to stay trying to stay motivated and i get a lot of uh this little thing right here comes in handy because uh something will pop into my mind like having a conversation with you or I might get a text from you or I might be on a plane somewhere and something hits me and I jot it down right then. That's uh, Bruno had the index cards. Uh, I'm in the digital age. So I go to Samsung notes and, uh, jot it down. And I I probably got 50 editorial subjects in there and sometimes they overlap. So they, I combine them, you know, to be one, but, uh, so far, I, I, I'm ahead of schedule. I just turned in September's to, wow. Diane, to Diane, and so she's ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> I under-promise and over-deliver every time.
1: I like it. I like it.
2: Well, the best way for, best way for folks to get a hold of you, brother. Email is the best, um, David.Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S at ClarionEvents.com. Um, I do spend a lot of time on the phone, but as you guys know, who try to call me and I have to send you to voicemail about at least half the time, if not more, I am always either in a, on the computer in a meeting. So if you email me, I can get to it when I've, I've got the time. Um. That's, that's the absolute best way to yeah, get you me. were uh
0: you were much easier to get a hold of on the phone right after you retired than you know from about whatever six seven months ago
2: so. yeah and then for everybody that's got my cell number text text is the best way yeah um
0: you ever think you'd say that no <laughs> text me
2: <laughs> no i i was always much i'd much rather talk to you for 30 yeah. seconds or a minute than get a text but now it's just like this it's, it's it's overwhelming. So, uh, you have to manage it. Got to get the work done and be creative and have time to think and, and all that. So, if you do send me something, if I don't respond immediately, don't, uh, don't get your, your feelings hurt. And if you don't hear from me in about a week, then send it to me again. So it goes back up to the top. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it, no joke. Cause, if everybody's open and business is running, it's somewhere around 120 and 150 emails a day, uh, but not all of them. You know, some of them are quick. You know, yes, no. Some of them are just FYI, but uh, it still takes time to to run through them. Amen. Yep.
0: Well, uh, David, thank you for this. Thanks for taking you know time to cast your vision for the folks that listen to us. Um, I, I just want to say to the folks that do listen to us. Uh, as you can see, um, we're not going to change. Mike and I are not going to change what we do or how we do it. It's just going to be recorded. You know, it's going to be filmed. Um, we th- this is the first one, Michael, um, that we didn't do completely live. Yep. We we like we like doing them just live because then it was organic and we just did what we did and we talked the way we talk. We say what we think. Um, so these are going to be recorded and processed a little more. But I want you to know what you just heard. Is exactly the types of things that we're going to bring to you in the months and the years to come, however long they want us to do it. Um, I hope you're excited about the vision for fire engineering and FDIC. Uh, I can tell you those of us who, who love this thing with our, all our hearts, we're very excited with where it's headed, very excited for the things that, that David and Diane are going to team together to do. And we just wanted to give you a glimpse of it, man. So there you go. There's a, there's a glimpse. There's a lot more to come. There's a lot more detail that could happen. And I, I, you know, from, I think from my perspective, um, I just hope that you want to be a part of it, gang. Join yeah, mean, the me fun. Cause we need you, man. You know, we, we need you. We need your stuff. And Michael, uh, anything, anything
1: for David? before we- As I said in uh, when I got the lifetime achievement award from Bobby, and this is a very honest thing. I said, we've carried the torch. You and I, we've carried the torch for a long time. It's time for someone else. We're we're getting ready to pass the torch on. The brothers and sisters, the younger generation have to step up and get involved. If you want to keep this fire service moving forward, you young men and women have to get involved. And this is how you get involved. Mm -hmm. You have to start and you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone and put yourself out there. And when you do, come say hello to Mike. Myself, David, at FDIC, because you will get there when you put yourself out there. Thank you all, and God bless. And thank you, brothers.
2: Take care. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Yeah, thank
0: you, David. Yeah, rock on, everybody. We'll uh, we'll this talk. Is also,
2: this is also the first time you guys have ever worn clothes on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let me st- let me stand up and let me see <laughs> if I did. <laughs> I don't remember. Mark,
1: cut, <laughs> cut. <laughs> God
0: bless, gang. Take care.
2: Take care.